I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Someone that I've wanted to speak to you for quite a long time, um, Mr. Scott Hutchison. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. 
Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Um, you've got uh, three sold out shows ahead of you in Glasgow. I know. How's, <laughs> how does, how's that? Yeah, no, that's good. That is really good. It's a, it's a really nice way to end a tour. Um, you know, to have something, it's like, it like sort of the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. There's been these Barrowland shows um, that, you know, it's kind of like a guarantee that they're going to be fucking fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Well, the last time I think I saw you, you were in Block and you'd had a Balkan. Um, yeah, and I think you were ready to call it quits. Well, that was probably around that time, yeah. Not, not like, I mean, just inform because the Balkan was so potent. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't really do that anymore. <laughs> I remember taking, like, you know, having, like, three or four of those at one point, and uh, and then the last time I had one, it was right. I was right at the bar, and uh, and I was a little bit sick on my hand. <laughs> uh, so that was that was my last foray into Balkans, and I don't think I ever need to have one again. I won't point you in the direction of, to- of a case of the stuff just now god is there is, it, is there some over there actual case I'm not interested <laughs> not interested if anyone has frost on their car windscreen then I'd recommend it but otherwise no <laughs> um, so this is a bit of a different podcast because we're going to be talking about um, anxiety and mental health oh. uh, so free, it's free therapy yeah. yeah that's why I took you up on the offer because otherwise I'd have to pay for it well I'm, I'm kind of using you as well so let's do it yeah. Um, yeah so I had written um, a piece not long ago because I'd just about hit rock bottom and um, it included one of your songs and yeah. funnily enough your uh, painting and pa- panic attack which I, it was actually a point that I couldn't actually read the album title because it actually almost brought one on and I thought Bye. this is ridiculous. Um, I guess, so what, is it anxiety that you have or well, how does it manifest? I mean it comes in different forms. I, uh, I, I, I've got, it's a much more manageable thing for me now. The, the, the whole, the time of the, writing the album was a time when I didn't understand it. You know, like, I, I'd, I'd, I'd completely understood that I am drawn to dark thoughts and, you know, propelled towards that side of things, and that's what's made me write. But I was... Uh, I almost liked it at that point because it was at a certain level. And then I think it completely overstepped the mark at one point, and uh, my first panic attack was on a plane. Yeah. Uh, and I thought I was dying. I thought I was having a stroke, actually. Um, which, which uh, for someone who was, you know, had my lifestyle at that point, I didn't think that would be such a strange thing because, I mean, I've also been prone to... I think I was using alcohol to kind of dull yeah. things a lot. But then when that happened, I just got... A, Huge wake up calls, and then I was, and then I was driven to understand it a little bit more, uh, and that's when I sort of realised that I had aspects of my brain that I couldn't control. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened, I guess, two, two or three summers ago. I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was, 
yeah, it was it was the point where I started to sort of define the feelings I'd had, as opposed to just accepting them and using them. Yeah. Yeah, because they can become they can seem like quite. I suppose in my position, that feeling can it's like a badge of honour or something, yeah. you know, like, uh, and then, and, and like I said, it completely overstepped the mark and it was no longer something that I was fond of. The, the way that you were coping with it? Well, that, that, yeah, or just the, just the general way of, uh, you know, how, how it, 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 it stopped being something that I could understand and deal with and became something that I didn't understand anymore. I needed help to understand it. Um, and that's something that I continue to need help understanding, you yeah. know. Um, so was it just um, in social situations that you were getting them, or was it in private as well? Yeah, it was totally private. I could just be, like, standing waiting for a train, and I feel like I'm going to pass out, you know. And I didn't get it. I thought it was, like, I thought there was something really... Actually, it was something in your um, piece that struck a chord with me where I was like I'm, I've got some some something really wrong with me yeah. I didn't I, I thought it was a medical condition which it is but yeah. I thought there was something else and you were talking about how like oh actually I've got I'm in good health better than ever but this thing makes me think I've got like I don't know motor, motor neuron yeah. disease or something and, I, and it couldn't I couldn't quite understand it I, I, and that's what started to worry me was it was it would come on at very random times mm-hmm. you know not the triggers weren't okay there were triggers that I understood and they, and they were I could deal with them but then there were times where I was like why is this happening why is this happening right now I don't understand I do know now also that um like alcohol had a huge part to play in that yeah um and I've sort of, apart from today, <laughs> I've sort of got a a good handle on where that's going to, if I do this, that's going to leave me in this state tomorrow, you know. But it was a, such a vicious cycle at that point in time after that, after I had that episode on the plane, um, I, I was then drinking every night also taking medication and waking up and doing the same thing again so sort of like doubling down on all that just to try and uh, keep it in check yeah 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 yeah. and so I was um, I was drinking as well to Mm. try and dull it down and And it works it does and then there's other times that you think, okay, this is really. I, I get like you. It's your heart's racing, and it's the, the hangover fear that comes in that you think, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to have to top up to kind of keep this feeling down again. Absolutely, it um, works really quickly. It's the quickest yeah. thing, and it's available. It's available. Yeah. My 
Yeah. I know that I was only using it, but I suppose that is a form of It's alcoholism. a form of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like a question that I've asked myself. I kind of, I kind of answered it, I guess. I took two months off drinking, and then almost just to, 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 to tell myself that yeah. I'm not, I don't need it. Um, and, I mean, if anyone is listening and is wondering if they're drinking heavily and they're wondering why they feel like, like the way they do every day then like th- those two months were just anxiety free like 100% anxiety mm. like everything all the symptoms like the sort of like little kind of dizzy spells and um, heart pal- palpitations they were gone yeah um, and I learned a lot from that time so the, obviously you said that the first moment was, was when you were on the plane was that the first moment that you can actually remember of it happening? yeah yeah, no totally that was it that was the first point um, it just wasn't something that I I think before it had been a kind of mild depression that turned into then just turned into this like well when you have one it's not so much about having another one; it's the fear of having another yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, I was in off- I was obviously in a lot of situations where things were kind of heightened, uh, and also I was on planes a lot. And uh, after that, it just became like you know my life, my job was feeding into this so much 
um, that you know I I didn't want to be doing what I was doing anymore because I thought this is this is this is the reason why I am having these episodes, um, and that started to resent what I did, my work, my work. And am I allowed to ask why do you think that it's why this came? Why do you feel that you started to get anxious or you started to get panic attacks? Um. Yeah. Again, I think one of the things that scared me was I couldn't put my finger on it because actually my life at the time was really good really busy like touring doing what I supposed was you know my ultimate life goal which is touring and was in a really happy relationship that's what that's what shocked me at the time on that day I remember being really fucking happy and uh and that's what scared me because I didn't I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've spent a lot of time since then trying to put my finger on why these things happened. See, I, I was the same. Like I, it was two months ago. I was really bad. I got agoraphobia like mm. about seven or eight years ago, and I right. was really horrific. Couldn't leave the house or anything. Yeah. Um, and then I doing stuff now that I've wanted to do for my I work in music full time yeah. so like you know when you're at your happiest and I don't know if it's because I'm like what if this all fucking goes away what if this what if I fail what if I'm back to square one again yeah so, I don't know if that is the element of your your kind of subconscious coming through going could be you will fail Oh, oh yeah, that's always there. But like I said, it's like funny to think about how all these, all these things that you just come to accept over your lifetime, yeah. as part of your character. That's what makes you, like, it's what makes you create things. But at the same time, you know, should we, should we glorify it? Um, I I think I made a habit of doing so over the last however many years and then that's what shocked me I was like oh this thing that had come to it had actually given me a lot you know that's the weird thing the feeling that way has brought me an enormous amount of like satisfaction oh, totally. <laughs> you know um, it's like a bad well a friend that you kind of want to have but you don't yeah um I don't anymore. I mean, it's like uh, I get get asked quite often, like, would I take, would I, like, if I could, if I could have a really stress-free, anxiety-free, free from depression, two years, and produce like an album that I thought was shit, <laughs> would I take that? And I'm like, hmm. No. Well, probably not. No, 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 probably not. But, you know, it's an interesting idea. Um, and I'm definitely... Uh, uh, I think... Do you not feel, though, that haven't f- gone to the extremes? You yeah. know, like... That's sort of a privilege. Oh, totally. You know? We kind of... We're one in so many people that... I've gone to those, like you say, those extremes, and you just, 
I wish sometimes, you know, you wish you could just touch someone's arm just to let, let them almost feel just for a moment, almost like the Green Mile. <laughs> John I know what you're talking about. And yeah. just to kind of go, right, that's what I am feeling right now. Yeah. Almost, I'm quite selfish as well because I'm like, no, you don't have a fucking clue until you've gone through what I've gone through. Then. Yeah. I guess. Do you know also the assumption is that um, a lot of people haven't, but I uh, found fairly recently with uh, a sort of public outburst that so many people I knew had been through something similar. Um, and it was all like I was people coming forward I was like you yeah. feel like this yeah and uh, and I think that's what shocked me um, when when I thought I thought it was one of the uh, a minority who were experiencing these things and uh, I were actually not in the minority um, although I think I am definitely drawn to extreme feeling and I I like it like whether it's good or bad yeah like it's sort of the middle ground is sort of makes me feel a bit sick. I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> so, you know. Well, the booze in my blood runs fast and blood in my brain shuts down to my Whatever I think See it at him And when the dam bursts open And you drown Oh boy, better go outside Sit in your boat and wait Till you get washed away
I'll talk about in a bit how you, you kind of overcame things, but I, I want to talk about kind of stuff away from that a bit. Um, and just because generally the, the way that I do the podcast is that I talk to people about music that they really identify with. And obviously part of my piece was, was songs that kind of really got me through difficult times. But I also talk to artists about um, songs that have kind of soundtracked their lives. Mm. Um, so if we could just pick a few songs to kind of go through that you could talk about that yeah. perhaps have been really kind of special to you. Yeah. Um, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, an, a huge soundtrack to my calmness has been Max Richter. Right. Uh, Memory House being uh, one of my favourite albums ever. Uh, and there's a song on that called uh, Twins, brackets Prague, uh, that, I, I mean, I would just, if I, if I was anything was coming on I was starting to feel you know overwhelmed uh, I would retreat to to his music to and it's funny you, was, you talk about soundtracks to live that his is truly in the truest sense a soundtrack you know you feel like it, it kind of it puts a little sort of veneer on everything and I and I really need his music especially when I'm on tour uh, to just escape somewhere else. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Max Richter has saved my life, you know. And, and obviously, well, it's annoying people like me that, that contact you saying or write about, you know, how much your music has, has meant. I, I think just in the way that you write your lyrics is, is 
unreal. Um, mm. There's it's you've managed to soundtrack two breakups and my anxiety, which is pretty good going. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if you should be pleased or not. Though, like, <laughs> no, it's a good thing. Been... <laughs> it is, um, there's been a lot of tears. Okay. Um, yeah. So do you get quite a lot of people expressing that to you that yeah. your new music is like, oh my god, you don't know what it's done. Absolutely. Yes. And no, it is. I don't take it for granted either, but at the same time, it's like, <clears throat> it's funny because at the time of, uh, at the time of writing, even at the time of writing, and whatever is being happening is usually past, and then further on, then I'll go and meet people on tour, and if you're talking about, even if you're talking about this last album, but and then going even further back to this like second album, which a lot of people talk about in terms of like helping them through difficult times like those feelings don't I don't, I don't have any of those anymore it's, it's completely changed and you know I've got I've got things thoughts that I attach to those songs but yeah it's strange for me to then they've transplanted themselves completely yeah. into someone else's life uh, so I do I do get it a lot and I and I I love it I, I had to the parents of a, so I think he's like mid twenties guy, got in touch saying, "Oh, our son, our son told us that you, essentially, your one of your songs saved his life, but he was gonna he was gonna commit suicide, and the uh-huh. and the, your song, t- essentially told him not to do so, and uh, I I just, you know, having because I've I've been close, yeah. And um, that kind of thing, it starts, I don't know, it's like, I know what other artists have done for me, so to know that I've done that for other people is, is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah.
the so other music that has um, kind of been important to you is um, what other are there songs of really special? <clears throat> um, I well, an album as a whole uh, that I love is "Lucky" by Nada Surf. Um, I mean, like, see these bones. That was a you know, that to me is a person in an album and a song. Uh, my girlfriend Courtney is like completely embodied in that album, and every time I, I listen to it, it um, it's just like she's like she's there, you know, and that that's that's really helped me a lot. Uh, it's really strange to have an album be a person. Yeah, it's the first time I've kind of thought about it in that way, uh, but it's true, and I think it's like that brings a comfort in itself, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the music's just like super comforting because it's got amazing harmonies. And the thing I love about Nada Surf is you don't give a shit what year it is; they still sound like nineteen ninety five. Yeah, and I'm, uh, <laughs> I just and then they still they've done it on their new album as well, and I'm just I'm I, I love that band. I think Rogue Wave a bit like that as well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, there's a few there's a few bands of that time that are just like Yeah. Fuck David off. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> mm. Everyone's right and no one is sorry. That's the start and the end of the story From the sharks and the jets to the call in the morning Everyone's right and no one is sorry That's the start and the end of the story From the sharks and the jets to the call in the morning And life is just bets anyway Look alive, see these bones What you are now, we were once Try as they might, no one's immune to Firing and acting on the wrong clues And thinking it's time to redo and redo I feel the rain in the movies And the talk before the screen lights I hear strings in the park I don't like to call a ride Except when it's too late at night I mostly just think in the dark Look alive See What you are now We were once But just like we are You'll be dust And just like we are 
nice to know that the album also reminds her of me yeah and the same album totally okay. yeah 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 so uh yeah that's uh, that's been a that's one for the wedding then it might be yeah yeah <laughs> that'd be good i'll just have to i need I, actually do you know what matthew cause started following us on twitter so i'm gonna ask him you can, could you imagine yeah her? i know oh maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe i don't know and have there been any um, newer artists that have come through that have, have kind of really stood out for you over the last few years? Um, shit. I mean, well, is Withered Hand new? I would say can we, so. Can we I call would, that I new? I would say That's, that Withered Hand is... Withered Hand is... Uh, well, you know, like I have a friendship with Dan and that adds to it as well. So, like, he... His personality is completely evident in all those songs. And it just it, you know, he's he's capable of of brightening any moment, you know. Along to you, and I don't really know what the wine was for. Cause if it was Jesus' blood, wouldn't there be more? I'm knocking on Kevin's front door, singing religious songs, and getting the words wrong. My hair's getting too long. 
for that first album and um, their innocence and the <clears throat> but this intelligence mm -hmm. but not overplaying it you know um, yeah like I say I think I think I think Dan could just make anyone's day better I like the way he sees the world yeah <laughs> uh, it's quite a it's quite an intriguing character as well he is 
He's full of surprises. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went on tour with him and there would always just be like, he'd always have this new... You know, he's one of these people that just has a new, a genuinely new thought every 30 seconds or so. <laughs> Which uh, I'm sure could be tiring if you live with yeah. him, but um, I find it intriguing and just like... Um, yeah, um, you know, um, there's the, uh, this might sound a bit shit, but there's actually not an enormous number of lyricists that I admire these days. I think there's a lot of shit lyricism in yeah. the world. There's great music that has sort of okay, you know, prose or whatever attached to it. Um, he he's not one of those at all. Yeah. He's just uh, someone that I admire so much. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you have obviously quite a, a strong relationship with a number of Scottish musicians, namely Twilight Sads, yeah. Jetpacks, mm-hmm. and they. Uh, you went to see Twilight Sad and um, when they were with The Cure. Oh, we did. Um, how was that seeing them for you? Because uh, James came in and did the podcast with oh, me did last he? time, right? And he spoke about how you and Grant had seen. Yeah. Him, and he said that that was a really special moment for him. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I. It's funny how it was just like, I'm just used to it now, you know, it's like you've seen them posting about the playing with the cure, but I remember the night James told me, and I was like, <laughs> uh, okay. And then uh, just seeing them not only play in that setting, but like thrive in that setting, um, they. I don't know, I mean, I, I, I'm just unbelievably proud yeah uh, there's no other word for it I just I think they're getting finally what they deserve you know yeah um, and yeah just you know to see how much it meant to James as well that we were there and his dad and his mum were both there and uh, and they've been incredibly supportive not just of them but of us it's like strange to think back I remember we were um, playing in old stereo yeah and uh, it was I suppose it was me it was it was a three piece and then there were these guys in leather jackets that were talking to my then girlfriend I was like oh, <laughs> they, I, I, we joke about how they looked like um, T-birds <laughs> from Greece is that right yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, they, they've, they've changed their look now it's all Doc Martens and uh, black <laughs> I guess that's the <laughs> outfit for the cure tour <laughs> but uh, is Divine though the drummer for anyone that doesn't know Divine is he still a bit T-bird though oh yeah <laughs> aye yeah he's definitely co- he's col- he's collar up he's got a good set of chops as well on him <laughs> he does, uh, he does yeah. I would call him a, he's more of a mod actually Um I <laughs> uh, would go and see the Stone Roses in a flash you know he's probably got a ticket for handing already yeah but um <laughs> And and then think and and then they, they they tried to tell us who they were because they'd been told by Alex at Fat Cat to come and see us and um, that was like this weird point where, at, but that night after I realised they weren't trying to hit on my girlfriend, <laughs> um, we we started talking about we started talking about where where Scottish music was was sort of falling short for us at that point in time, and not to be dismissive of it, it was just not not. I think, uh, you know, stuff like uh, Franz Ferdinand had brought in a wave of music that 
relied less on emotion and a lot more on style. Mad rock. And, you know, that has its place, but yeah. I think at the time we were all... Um, we were, I think the both of us were kind of seeking a, a slightly deeper resonance yeah. within what we were making, uh, and to kind of, I think, I think everything, everything is driven to counteract what's popular at that point in time as well. Especially in Glasgow, you can see it, and it's like it happened with us as well. It's like, you know, a bunch of um, upstarts with <laughs> drum pads start. <laughs> Flipping the V's to Frighten Rabbit and Twilight Sad because that's the way it should be. Like yeah. I'm perfectly happy with that. And uh, but at the time, like we were just sort of looking for something else. And is there um, a particular song of theirs that kind of resonates with you, or something that stands out? Walking for two hours right. is uh, my favourite song that they've ever done.
the room as well I really love yeah. um, the, but I, you know their, their songs are intrinsically linked with all sorts of other stuff as well right. you know it's 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 like listening to Walking for two hours I remember just feeling utterly depressed at how good it was <laughs> as they put it on when we were at a party and, and <clears throat> uh, we hadn't done we'd only done their first album at that point and I was like oh my god this is, I can't believe this comes from where I live <laughs> uh, Is there um, apart from Max Richter you've, you've named is there another album that you tend to always go back to um, that just makes you feel a bit safer a little bit safer yeah I mean uh, Alligator by The National oh my god is a really big one for me I I thought it's funny you know, it's, I mean I really enjoy what they've done since but there's something that's it's, it's sort of them at, on like a full abandon yeah Um
um, so you know, like Abel is uh, one of my favourite songs yeah. of all time, and I uh, I just I just love the the mixture of kind of intelligence and thoughtlessness on that album. Like they they, they just kind of let fly a lot of the time. Um, yeah, so I, I know it's not. Uh, I know it's not the most referred to national album, but I think it's. It's definitely I think the it's best. their best. Yeah, I think it's their best. Yeah. Best. Um, and so back to obviously what we were initially talking about. When, at what point did you do you remember the, the day or, or the moment that you kind of you kind of briefly touched upon it when you just thought, right, I need to fucking sort this out now. I need to get myself together after the the panic attacks and the the drinking yeah you know that didn't happen that quickly I I made the mistake of going seeking help and then thinking I was okay so I you know I and that lasted for a little while I I was Um, and so what did you do how did you I went to see a therapist and um and then and he, I don't know if it was good or bad, but he did the, he gave me the test where it did to, to determine if you're an alcoholic or not. And I was totally low on the scale. So I was like, fucking great. I'm, not, I'm all right. And I, I took that away. I was on medication, beta blockers for a bit. Um, I don't think it should have been um, because I was drinking as well. And I think I went, so a bit, I basically sought a bit of help, felt, felt a little bit better. And then continued with my life as as it was almost, mm-hmm. you know um, because I'd sort of ticked a few boxes and uh, honestly, it wasn't until this year that I actually truly got to grips with it, you know, that's we're talking like two years of not knowing or just not giving enough of a shit yeah. to go and sort it out to then coming to a complete head um, this year, and um, and then now I really feel like I've got a handle on the whole thing, which is amazing because I can go, you know, I can go and get drunk, knowing that the next day's not going to be amazing, but it's not going to be disastrous. So, so for people listening, obviously you say that you've got a handle on it. How how did you do that? Because people will be like, right. well. Yeah, I need to know. I if if you can, and it's not like enormously expensive. I mean, I went I went away for a full week of like of counselling. Right. Every day I went in, and this was at a sort of breaking point. So I went to the extreme, but I kind of had to. Um, but I cannot recommend talking to someone yeah. enough. You know, like you you. you it's hard because you can't. You know, we probably you've probably experienced it as well. Where like you just feel guilty talking to your friends about this. You're supposed to be enjoying each other's company, especially in the band. I'm like, well, everyone else is in the same position as me, so I can. What have I got to? How can I complain about this? Um, and it's not complaining. It's just. It's just. This, I get embarrassed. It's embarrassing, yeah, yeah. And I feel stupid, and I just think, okay, you've got enough of your own problems. You don't need me bothering you with 
what I'm going through. Totally. So. Um, but there are people paid to listen to that shit. Yes. <laughs> and it's. I've paid and, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and it's 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 hundred percent worth it. Um, I would say for the you know if if alcohol is a problem for you if 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 alcohol causes you problems then eradicate it for a little while yeah uh, I did that and now I know where my level is um, now I know when I should and should not drink because before I was you know I I know now I should drink when I'm happy and then that, that night's just going to be great and I can you know feel a little bit of remorse the next day but not even close to when I drink because I'm unhappy yeah. and that's just like a recipe for disaster um, if you you know you'll be amazed at how much support you can get from your friends and family the initial point of telling them is difficult I think a lot of people as I did like kind of melt down first in the, in the run up to there's this pressure, like, I want to tell someone, I want to say something, and then en- it ends up becoming a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get this, and then you get this embarrassing amount of concern, which in, in itself isn't really that helpful. It's like, okay, stop looking at yeah. me, stop looking at me now. Yeah. I'm going to sort it out, stop looking at me. Yeah, um, and then that puts you off telling them as well. It does. But just one person, maybe you don't have to tell everyone. No. You know, reach out to someone uh, who understand who you think understands you. I'm sure they do. Um, don't go on social media and talk about it just yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, what you wrote was brilliant. It was measured, and it was like, but I and have, that was after the fact. Yeah, but I think it wasn't I've got written drunk in a, as well and put up stuff, and I've gone the next day. I've done it. Well, I think we've all done it. Um, I think there's quite a large pool of us, especially in Glasgow as well. Yeah. And um, I just, but in those moments, I'm still. Ha- I don't regret doing those things either. I'm just like that was part of a cry for help, so I don't really give a shit. No, yeah, 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 totally. No, it was part of mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's sort of regretful for a little bit, but yeah, you, you just have to make your thoughts heard. You can't let them rattle around in your brain. Because you've got like this horrible echo chamber up there that just makes things infinitely worse the more you think and think and think. Um, so I get, think on get the grand scheme of things, though, when you do experience those moments and you just have this kind of regret, I think you just have to think about things on a wider scale. And it's like half these people will not give a shit about this no. the next day. It'll be like. At least I'm not a paedophile. At least I haven't murdered anyone. Well, there is that. Yeah, and, there's always that. And a meteor could hit the earth at any time. I know. Actually, it was, I got a really... like this, the, One of the most helpful thoughts I got from a, a therapist at the time was um, to, to sort of float up way above the earth. I guess you're flying, essentially. And look at how insignificant you are. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I think actually this year... I've taken, you know, a turn towards like nihilism or something because none of it matters. No. You know, we don't matter. No. I don't fucking matter. It, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sorry to say you don't fucking no. matter. And, you know, let, you know, just understand your place yeah. and don't let it 
Because I think the easy thing to do is to get so caught up in what you're supposed to be doing and what, who am I? That kind of thing. Those big questions that don't really need to be asked because in the end you're you're a dead person. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Yeah, um, no. And one thing I forgot to ask you, how did you discover that it was a panic attack that you'd had on the plane? Uh, I think it was it was our manager at the time who uh, Storm Whitby Grub, who had dealt with and continues to deal with a lot of um, issues with that. Right, yeah, okay. so, yeah, she's she's been really outspoken, um, and she stepped in. Was an incredible friend and a really good, really good colleague, who explained what had happened pretty much, and. Um, told me what to do you know unfortunately I didn't like get fully better at that point in time but she was she was really really helpful um so did you not find some relief though in knowing that that was what was happening to well you? that made it much more controllable yeah. so yeah um no, nobody nobody in the band knew what had happened I don't, I, I don't know I, I tried to say to our tour manager like I was like I'm he was sitting just there and I was like I'm not okay man I don't know what's going on but I'm not okay I think I'm gonna I don't know, I think I'm going to keel over. And I was like, kept on getting up to go to the toilet just to like look at myself in yeah. the mirror and understand what I, I looked like shit. Uh, and then I landed, we, we were flying from, we were flying to Lollapalooza, uh, landed in Chicago, and, and Storm was there and she was like, You've had a panic attack. Yeah. Uh, and then from that point, at least, uh, I was able to understand it when it happened again. I took my first. This year was the first time, like since that had happened, that I'd, I'd taken a flight without having drugs. Right. Because I'd been on Xanax for flights ever since, and then I thought, I'm gonna. I think I've, I think I've nailed this now. Yeah, I so. just ended up with a bottle of wine for Primavera. <laughs> I mean, you know. I just wanted to get through it. Flying's just yeah. I mean, I hate flying anyway. I don't so. like it very much. No. Uh, but. It was a it was a big goal of mine to like overcome finally overcome that what happened at that point yeah. in time, uh, and I think that's that's a really kind of the pertinent point is well first of all it's not going to kill you no you know I I thought I was dying that first time I didn't know what was happening to me but I now know it's not gonna no so. It's a good thing. It's your body t- just preparing you. Isn't it, it is, isn't it? Yeah. A cripple walks amongst you all, you tired human beings. got all the things a cripple has not to working arms and legs and vital parts fall from his system and dissolve in Scottish rain vitally he doesn't miss him he's too fucked up to care was that you in front of me coming back more, they tell you the same You must be a massacre 
Crippled your heart a hundred times And still can't work out why You see, I've got this disease I can't shake and I'm just rattling through the lies Oh, well, this is how we do things now, yeah This is how the modern state's scared Being up there in front of all those people, that that is very that's a variable. Yeah. Um, I quite pernickety about uh, how it comes across and how it sounds to me, and I can't. It's actually a very rare night where I can just let go and enjoy it fully. Those are those the most special times to me where I'm like, oh my god, I didn't think about anything. I just enjoyed myself. Um, so, uh, I would say, like, unfortunately, 50% of the time I'm overthinking it. Do, what, is there a song for you that maybe sums up the last kind of 12 months at all, that, aside from obviously the really significant ones that you've mentioned, that... Yes. Folk Arp by Minor Victories. I was oh, at... Wow, um, yeah. I was at uh, Latitude this summer, and yes, I think yeah, I think I was on a. I had a horrific hangover because we'd played on the Saturday and this was the Sunday, um, but I felt good. It was a really lovely weekend, um, apart from my inflatable bed had sunk in the night. But uh, we went to see them really early in the day, and I, I just stood there. And during that song, I just, 
involuntarily, as is often the case, to start crying. And it never happens to me. Like, I think that's maybe Sigur Ross, Neil Young, and Minor Victories being the only bands that have. I don't know anyone that's done that to me. I know, I know, yeah. Not that that doesn't make you cool or anything. It's just that. No, I know. I'm aware. (laughs) It's like it's really hard not to. But that that took me by surprise. That song as well. So that's like wonderful drama, and um, yeah, that that one. I've I've gone back to that again. Just sort of recapture that feeling of like letting go.
have to ask the what's coming up question. Yeah. Um, well, we, I think essentially next year, we've, we've been in this album tour, album tour cycle for quite a long time, and I think what we really want to do next year is um, widen the scope of what we are and what we're doing. Um, so not necessarily going into straight into album number six. Um, That's crazy when you say album number <laughs> yeah, six. Yeah, I know. Or seven for me, and then a little one on yeah. the side as well. So, um, yeah, there's 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 one particular thing next year that I can't talk about right now, really. Um, but everyone will know about it fairly soon. Um, and then I need to do my and Tom Goldflake Paint will know about this. I want to rewrite the soundtrack to Terminator Two and live score it I want to do that next year okay yeah and are you you want to put that out publicly absolutely 100% yeah yeah no no. Oh, my well, other half is, is when he hears this he's going to be quite excited when he I, hears oh, that someone wants to do that I want to do it so I want so here's the plan I've talked about it with Andy Sad as well he seems in if he's not too busy fucking about with the cure uh, so I think he'd be an amazing collaborator on this but then also want to do a pitch perfect true version of You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses right in the middle of this right in the middle of this kind of soundscapey uh, I don't know I don't want to, I want to avoid it sounding because you know it's too easy to make a like a post-rock soundtrack yeah. so that that's something I'm really keen to avoid I love Mogwai but it shouldn't sound like Mogwai no uh, so we're doing, trying to like figure out a way of kind of steering away from that but I, I want that to happen next year I'm actually lost for words <laughs> in a good way good yeah great um wow I hope it actually does I hope that they'll do like you know the Glasgow Film Festival do like a special screening with that actually accompanying it exactly that would be incredible that's what I want to happen it's like so we can we can get a version of Terminator 2 with the score taken off and we can live you know live score it Jesus Christ wouldn't that be something I'd like the amount of money you could make for charity yeah or for yourselves charity's good
The so I just want to kind of finish off on like how we started. Um, what do you do? You want to, you, you're obviously being quite outspoken about the anxiety and panic attacks and mental health in general now. Um, are you hoping to just obviously talk about this just to make it known on a wider scale that people don't think that they're freaks and yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I actually, if you know, I've never felt less alone than yeah. when I had a bit of an outburst. You know, um, I didn't plan it that way. I didn't want it to be that way. I think there's better ways of going about it. But you, anyone, you'll be amazed at how many people are there for you. Um, so. I, I, it's icky to make it all public. <laughs> um, in what way do you mean no public? Oh, well, in in my sense, like, you know, getting on Twitter and talking about it. But I kind of really respected you for that, and I got really angry with some of the headlines that came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, I just thought, you're fucking semen. And some of the people that were just... You know, oh, I just want a headline. Just that, yeah, I know. you know, clickbaiting bullshit. There was that in there. Um, but it was just the way that they'd actually... And I actually did put a tweet up about how pissed off I was. <laughs> um, just because obviously I identified with, with what you were going through. Um, but I think I was glad that you did it. And I think, I don't know, is it fair to say that you're probably maybe quite glad that you did it as well? Yeah. No, I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, I think I think that I I would stress that there are better ways to go about it, but I I I don't I really didn't really have a choice at the time, and uh, yeah, and I think, well, what is it? You know, mental illness, in one form or another, is like it's second only to cancer now. Yeah, and I I believe that the problem is more people need to see it as something that needs attention to be fixed and it's not you can't just do it yourself yeah you know it's like oh you know the whole kind of pull your socks up and get on with life sort of thing is not applicable if people can see it as you know an affliction in the same way as like heart disease or or cancer or you know anything or a fucking cold you know it's the same it comes under the same Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's been lovely and uh, good, and I hopefully this will help other people. And um, yeah, I hope so too. It's
asleep. 